The Daily Becoming podcast was created with the everyday woman in mind. Tune in to hear from real women as they share real stories about becoming. I'm your host, Danielle Boyd. Let's learn, grow, and become together. Hello, and welcome back to the Daily Becoming podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Boyd. And today I have a special guest with me, Megan Langston. And I'm going to allow, hi, Megan. Thank you for joining me. I'm going to allow Megan to introduce herself and tell you a little more about her, her business, and and everything that she um, has to offer and how she offers it here in the world and how she shows up. I personally was connected, or I am connected to Megan through um, a uh, collective that she has. Um, We have a friend in common um, who, you know, kind of advised me to connect with her in my entrepreneurship journey. And it's been a blessing to have done so. I've learned a lot and grown and want to become more active, but um, that is my connection to Megan. So I definitely wanted to have her on the show. And so Megan, if you could just introduce yourself to the guest here. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Danielle, for having me today. So I'm a success coach and productivity expert. I help working women set and achieve meaningful goals at work and at home. So most of my clients are either looking to just be more productive and efficient with their time so that they can have better work-life balance, maybe spend a little bit more time at home with their families and that, that they're spending too much energy at work or on work things. Or they're looking just to get a little bit more out of their career, out of their business that they're growing, um, or out of their life. And so they need help establishing some goals and being held accountable to them. So I help with that as well. That's awesome. And a number of words you mentioned there, I (laughs) could use help in all of those areas. Uh, Work-life balance, um, setting goals, just trying to figure out career. I'm kind of in a space now with my career where I'm like, okay, is this it? Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? But of course, you know, you've invested so much and you just keep going. But, you know, we could probably talk about that a little bit more offline. Sure. Re- recently, you underwent a um, a name change on social media. And I'm, I'm imagining that it's also on your website and your other branding, The Meaning Mentor. Do you want to explain that a little bit and talk about what that shift was about? Sure. Yeah. So I mentioned that I'm a coach and many people are familiar with life coaching and business coaching. Um, The work that I do is really broad in that we're working on defining what success looks like for you. So I call myself a success coach, but the meaning mentor really came out of feeling that the common denominator with all of the women that I speak to is wanting to find more meaning in the work that they're doing, either within the home or outside of their home. So setting, helping these women set goals that are actually going to have significance on their lives and on their careers and connect back to the things that they actually care about is um, something that I'm passionate about doing. So I changed the name to be, to reflect a little bit more of um, the goal I have to help people set and achieve meaningful goals and to align their, their lives with their values. That's so important. What would you say just in your experience thus far has been one of the things that you find women like yourself or like myself kind of get hung up on in terms of finding meaning in, in, in one of those things? Is it the job? Is it, you know, a career? Um, is there one thing or one reoccurring theme that you're finding more often, um, in your work? 
Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know if there's one thing necessarily, but I I would say that there's a lot of pressure and from society, and we we feel we're told what is meaningful and what success should look like for us in every different area that we that we um that we live exist in. So maybe as um, a woman in business, it looks like competing with your being, you know, up against your male competitors and, okay. and being just as dedicated in the office as them, okay. um, for, you know, maybe at home, how you show up as a mother mm-hmm. or a wife can be very, you know, people can have a certain idea of what success looks like there. And what ends up happening is a sense that you're falling short or that you right. can't live up to all of these expectations when you're trying to juggle and do it all. And so I think, um, yeah, I think the common denominator there would be how do you set for yourself, decide what is important to me? What do I actually want to get out of this? What unique um, value do I add to this role that I'm in? And then setting goals and um, around those particular values that you have can be really helpful for people to manage time in a way that's going to reflect um, reflect on those values and and ha- have more meaning for them, really. <laughs> I, like, I like that a lot. I feel like, you know, and I will speak personally, there has been somewhat of a shift, a minor shift, uh, where we're not having as much pressure as women. I, and again, I'll speak for myself in certain areas and we're able to kind of, like you said, create that lane according to our values and find meaning. Whereas in the past, I think, you know, maybe my mom's generation or women that are older than us were definitely defined by societal you know, norms and things of that nature. I definitely think there's been a shift. And I think as of last year, um, that shift has been more so on a global stage for us as mm-hmm. women um, because of, you know, having to work and and teach our children and keep our kids at home, you know, all of the pressures that collided on us at one time as a result yes. of the shutdown. So I guess it's a good thing that some of those pressures aren't there or, or maybe they're not as prevalent or maybe we've learned how to manage them better. You know, yeah. you know, speaking of your role as a success coach and, you know, I didn't know that there um, is or there was a difference between the success coach and um, other coaching roles that you're hearing of more often. So that that's new for me. That's interesting information to have. Mm-hmm. How would you advise someone to go about establishing what their values are? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a good question. So whenever I work with someone, I always first ask, you know, what is your vision long-term for your life? And what are your the main values that um, drive what you do? And the reason why I ask that, I will say, is because before you jump to the goals, which a lot of people are like, I have goals, I need accountability, I need a plan to get there. I want to first make sure they're aware of the why behind their goals. Because what happens is you get so far along in a goal. And then when a stumbling block comes or there's an obstacle, it's very difficult to move beyond that obstacle with just discipline alone. You Mm -hmm. need to have some sort of value behind it that says, I need to achieve this because it allows me to live out this expressed value. So it's, it's really the thing that drives decision-making and gives us the motivation we need to go through hard things. Um, I also think values don't change okay. very often. I think in different seasons, you might have, you know, other areas that are most important to you, but the value behind each typically 
is a longer term thing. So setting goals around those values means that they'll probably stick around a little bit longer. And then of course they can intersect personal and professional spheres. Um, but if you don't know, like if you're hearing this and you're like, I, I don't know what you talk, what you're talking about with values. I think there's a million out there. You could just Google values examples. And some I would think of are like faith, family, wealth, um, health, autonomy, growth, diversity, happiness, service, community. There's a, there's a million that I could list here, but if you don't know what they are, I would ask first, you know, what do you spend most of your time doing? Okay. Where do you spend your money? Um, time and money are often things that we invest in things that we care about. And those could be pointing us back to a value of ours. Um, what makes you the most proud or who do you look up to and why? And maybe what do you worry about the most? What do you, what do you feel threatened by or afraid something could be taken from you that could point that that's something that's very important to you. Okay. I was going to ask if you find that at times we kind of confuse, um, values and priorities, you know, do they kind of overlap at times? Yes, absolutely. I would say priorities are sometimes a way that you can honor your values. Okay. You can say, that's a good point. No, if, um, you know, I'll use a kind of an easy example. Let's say what, what I often have people do when they're working with me and they're, they're struggling with time management is okay. ask them to do a time audit. So I'll say, take a week, write down everything that you do. Try not to assign value to it. Just say what you do. And we'll come back and, and people will say, well, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed. I spent, you know, three nights a week watching two hours of, of Netflix. <laughs> And so, but I would never look at that and say, oh, clearly you value Netflix. Okay. Because Netflix is not a value of ours, <laughs> but I would look past that and say, okay, why do you feel the need to watch television? Is it that autonomy is what you value because you spend all day serving and working for other people Got it. down in front of the TV? Is that time for you? Okay. Or is it that that's really something you do with your spouse to connect and that's your way of, you know, bonding. And so really that um, relationship or the, the connection piece uh, or family is the value. And maybe you, at that season of your life, you are prioritizing your, your shows or whatever yeah. <laughs> it is. You honor the other value and in a different season, it might create there might be a different need, but the value still stays. remains the same. Got it. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you hear about values all the time and why they're important in, in establishing your why, but do you find, or do, have you worked with anyone who has struggled with establishing what their values are, um, or maybe not wanting to confront, um, what a, a value may be that maybe they didn't consider was a value that they held on to? Have you experienced that before? Yeah, I've definitely experienced people drawing a blank when the question is asked. Okay. Um, I, I think also maybe it comes easy to them with what they hope they value. They want to value certain things, but then when they do maybe a time audit or something like that, or we start writing goals, they realize that um, their life doesn't, accurately align with that 
those values. Yeah. So that is a challenging place to be in, especially as a coach. I, I don't tell people what they should do and what success looks like for them. But I think the question that that client has to wrestle with at that point is, do I need to be honest about what I truly value? Or do I just need to change things, make some difficult choices and change things in my life to reflect the things that I do value? So one or the other probably is misaligned if we're not seeing time and goals aligning well with the stated values. Wow. And that's a tough pill to swallow. I think I've been there a time or two. Um, And I think it's okay to acknowledge that as opposed to getting stuck um, and not really having um, those things in place, like Megan mentioned, to make sure that you're, that everything is aligning. And, you know, probably, well, I can definitely say that it makes life a lot easier. Um, it, It helps with keeping up with your goals and, and putting things in place to reach those goals and align those goals. And I think I might need to talk with Megan myself from a <laughs> success coach standpoint. But uh, Megan, we're here in quarter four, well in quarter four. That's the conversation that's going on. And this is going to be released um, within quarter four. And there's a lot of pressure around just getting it done. You know, it's quarter four. You need to do this. You need to do that. Or you should have done this. How do we avoid subscribing to that train of thought and doing, like you said, just making sure that we have things aligned um, so that we still feel productive? You know, we want to feel like we're accomplishing things, but we also want to make sure we're accomplishing the right thing. But as a success coach, do you find that you have more people kind of reaching out this time of year? Um, And if they are, are they, you know, uh, manically reaching out, you know, what would you say is the best way to approach quarter four from a goal setting standpoint with your values in mind? Oh, that's a great question. Um, not sure if this answers the question directly and I'll try to get to what you asked, but I would say the biggest indicator of whether or not you're going to be successful at your goals is if you had a plan established to achieving them in advance. Okay. So if you wrote a goal of, you know, saving $10,000 to buy a new car or to invest in a in a business venture in the new year, and if you did not write it out any sort of plan in which you're going to execute on that, mm-hmm. it's going to be harder to evaluate and then you know, subsequently what you said assess if you're on track or if you're if you're feeling good about the progress that you've made if you don't have milestones in between the zero to 10 K. Okay. So we should have some idea of, you know, maybe a discipline that you end up um, subscribing to is, is putting 10% of your paychecks away towards Mm -hmm. 10% amount or 10 K amount. This would help, you know, if you are doing that or not, maybe, okay, I've committed to that discipline. I'm not seeing the results I wanted. My, my bank account's not giving me I'm not going to get to that, that 10 came out, but I have mm-hmm. committed to that and I followed through. So maybe you feel good. That's good enough for you for this quarter and say, I have made progress. I've made some of those plans and I followed through on them. Um, it could be that you've done that. You're not seeing the results and it, you're not feeling good about where it's taking you or it's mm-hmm. taking you in another direction. Let's if, let's say a different goal. Um, money is easy to quantify there, but let's say it's a different, less, measurable goal. Okay. And that would be a time too to ask maybe what were my intentions behind this goal? Should I reevaluate what I'm trying to accomplish and then rewrite it 
and then rewrite the the milestones or the steps that that you're taking okay throughout the order that's good advice and I also like the perspective of kind of flipping you know the expectation of what you you know had planned to accomplish versus the current state of where you are but you know potentially how far you came or how far you've come in reaching that goal so you kind of hit on accountability a little bit there what are some accountability tools that you suggest um in terms of um, keeping ourselves on track or keeping up with the plan that we've put in place to reach our goals? I would definitely say visibility okay. of goals is, is the first <laughs> line of accountability for yourself alone. If you have a goal, I would write it down and I would have it somewhere where you can see it. Okay. And as I mentioned, having a plan, I like to break up goals into two different categories for the plan, projects and disciplines. And projects are one-time big things that you need to do that will move you towards the goal. And then disciplines are daily habits that you want to commit to that will help you get to that end goal. Okay. So I would write out a plan, a simple um, simple plan like that, where you say the objective is this, here's the goal, this is what success looks like, here's the projects and here's the disciplines. And then I would put that somewhere that you're going to see on a daily basis, whether that's on a whiteboard in your office or a sticky note, something that you can see and remind yourself of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, Coaching, of course, is a key. (laughs) I was going (laughs) to ask, when do you suggest, like, is there a place where you suggest someone may need to seek out a success coach like yourself or someone else in a similar you know, vain. Oh, that's a good question. I would say if you're struggling to write the goals, if you're, they're not feeling meaningful to you, but you feel pressured to have, if you, you want to have a growth track in either mm-hmm. your personal or professional life, but you don't really know where to start. Like, okay, I want to make a change in my career, or I want to feel more purposeful, um, with at home, or I want to have greater work life balance, but you don't know where to start that would be a great time to work with a coach. Okay. Or if you're, if you're writing goals, but you're really struggling to achieve them, it could be that you haven't evaluated all of the barriers and um, or struggled to overcome them. So I have a coach myself. I okay. really believe in it, of course. I And I don't think it's something you can really do for yourself always. Okay. So I don't think everyone needs a coach. I'd say if you're considering it, I'm happy to talk to you. Most coaches would give you like a free consult to find out how are you feeling? And if that person's the right fit, you want to have trust and really like the person that you're thinking Mm -hmm. of working with. Um, But yeah, I think having accountability with either a coach or someone in your personal life that you trust would follow up with you and um, would help you work through some barriers as they arise is great too. That's interesting to know. And I think it's admirable too, that you as a success coach also have a coach. Um, because I was going to ask you, how have you kind of seen yourself grow in areas where, you know, you are certified and qualified to assist other women um, with, um, have you always been someone who, um, you know, productivity and, and goal setting and that has that always been your thing? Or did you arrive at that place? And would you say that you're still kind of getting to the place that you, you know, would like to be? Yeah. Um, I think I've had the skill sets with 
productivity and efficiency, but it's new to me to apply it in such a way that gives people grace on, you know, how they're executing it in their lives. And that's where the coaching fits in really nicely Mm -hmm. because talking to people and working with, with different women helps me see that efficiency is often something people desire, but it may not be the thing that gets them a lifestyle that's meaningful to them. (laughs) That's true. And so it starts with, Hey, I need a little help with time management. I need a little help with my calendar. And we start there, but then we realize, you know, maybe there's some other major life decisions that are taking you away from things that you truly care about. And so okay. creating efficiency in one area of your life isn't going to automatically mean that you have more a meaningful experience in that job, for example. So I think, yeah, the more I work with people, the more I see and understand um, how this plays out for different people. Um, and then, yeah, for, for myself, it, it does impact my business as I work with my coach. And I think Mm -hmm. about, I could spend time doing a bunch of different things. And I guess maybe how I differ from different coaches out there are, there are a lot, you know, business coaches Mm -hmm. or life coaches that will tell you, this is how you can be successful and be happy and follow these 10 steps. And I don't believe that. And I believe that maybe if you did commit to that, you could get the results that they're, they're claiming, but I just don't think there's a one size fits all approach to life (laughs) because we have different values. Right. We've been talking about today. So, um, for me, even as I think about my business offerings and stuff, you know, I don't have to subscribe to one way of working out this work for other people, I can create something that will be both meaningful to me and helpful to others. I like that, especially the individualized approach. Um, Mm -hmm. That's so important because like you said, we're, we're making decisions or we should make decisions, as you mentioned earlier, based on our values and, and our why. And we're all living different lives, different lifestyles. We have various things that we, you know, deal with on a daily basis and, you know, it might look similar to other women, but you know, the end result will be different for every person. So I do, I do like the fact that you, um, you know, acknowledge that for yourself and in doing so, doing that for yourself, that then helps you to roll that over to your client. So I'm going to let Megan share more about her webpage and her social media. But just speaking of social media, I follow Megan. I recommend that you do too, because she has amazing infographics. And I wanted to ask her um, if she could share Hopefully it's not considered like free advice, (laughs) but if you had any productivity hacks that you just, you know, kind of subscribe to, you talked about helping women, you know, get better in that lane, the productivity lane. And that's something that we all, you know, want more of and can improve in. But what are some things that you personally, you know, kind of rely on in that productivity space? Oh yeah. Great question. Yes. Please follow me on Instagram at the meaning mentor. I do talk a lot about this kind of thing on my stories and also post graphics and, and, um, carousels that will walk you through thinking through, you know, how do I discover my values and that sort of thing. Um, when it comes to productivity, it's tough because again, there's a lot of tools out there that Mm -hmm. I could recommend and say, Hey, you should try this. It really depends on what your goals are and what you're actually trying to accomplish. Um, 
But I'm really big on, on being simple. So instead of trying to implement a ton of new tools that may be challenging for you, I would say my number one advice for if we're talking about maybe time management and, and being more productive with it is having a weekly planning session. Okay. So I would set aside maybe a Sunday afternoon, maybe Monday morning, whatever works for you to look at the week ahead and uh, write out your write out your goals for the week, write out the big tasks you have to do, put them in your calendar. Um, I have a calendar consult that I walk um, people through how I recommend doing this uh, weekly rundown. So if you're interested in that, you can sign up for a consult and I'll, and I'll help you individually. Okay. But I would say the biggest change you can make being more productive is having a plan for your time instead of letting it run you or letting a to-do list kind of go be in charge of you. I love that. And that's something that I've worked a lot on in the past year is being more organized, visually organized and having that plan in place and a planner, multiple planners. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to put all of uh, Megan's links in the show notes. But Megan, if you could just go ahead and run down all of um, the areas where people can find you out on social media, your website, and any other relevant information or services that you want to share at this time would be fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mentioned my Instagram handles at the meaning mentor. You can follow me there and you can check out my website. It's meganlangston.com. Um, that is where you can see what I offer as far as coaching goes. I have this uh, productivity course, like I mentioned, called the Calendar Consult. And that is how to manage time, tasks, and email. Email tends to be something people really uh, oh my goodness. from a little, <laughs> <bit> of, <laughs> a little bit of help. And if, you're, if you want to know some tools on how to use you know di- the digital space in a way that would benefit you that's definitely an opportunity when it comes to email um so th- that's a good resource for you and i should be launching a course in the new year for women who are looking to start their own business working from home since many of my clients are entrepreneurs or mm-hmm. women who have a side gig they're trying to take to the next level so i'll be launching a course then to help you think through that of course, in a meaningful way, and then give you some more practical advice too on how to do that well. Okay. And is the collective still open for membership, Megan? Um, The collective is going to be wrapping up at the end of this year, but we still have two more workshops um, that that are open to anyone who wants to attend. They can just reach out to me. In November, we have um, a speaker talking about hiring and onboarding for your business. And in December, we have Overcoming Burnout, which very oh, wow. excited about that. It applies <laughs> to a lot of people and be a great timing right before we enter the holiday season. Absolutely. Totally relevant. And this was an amazing conversation. Um, I really appreciate your time, Megan. And again, everyone look out for Megan. Check out the show notes, connect with her, look into her services. I'm sure we all could utilize some success coaching in many areas in our life. So look her up and seek her out and we'll chat with you the next time. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend. Also, you can check us out at www.dailybecoming.org. Spread the word.